Is presumption a bad thing? Are we allowed to presume upon God? That's the question today. Now, let me give you some context. I'm talking earlier to a very, very close friend, and they are in a heartbreaking situation that just feels like it's gone on forever. And you know that point where you feel like you've prayed everything you know how to pray? And the question became at a certain point, is it hope or is it presumption? But then that caused me to stop and reflect with him. Is presumption upon God always a bad thing? Is presuming upon God a bad thing, or is it something actually we should embrace? Now, now let's clarify. If I'm presuming upon God for, say, a private jet, that might be on shaky ground. However, in general, should we, based on who He is, based on His character, based on He is the God of the universe, and more importantly for you and I, based on His promises, actually, Shouldn't we presume upon Him? Shouldn't that be an active position on our part? Why? We know because of who He is and because of His promises, we don't go in hope. Hope to me has the sense of please, 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 rather than presuming, God, this is who you are. So I want to look at two individuals very quickly who were known as friends of God, and they approached God about very serious problems. And both of them did it by presuming upon who he was. And in both cases, they got a response. Now, the first was Moses, and we just did an episode. If you didn't see it, if you, if you click at the top, there's a search area. Look up Moses and leadership. Now, what happened there? And we covered in that episode, but briefly, what we saw was God was taking his people into their inheritance. But the process never works the way we think it should. And so what happened? The people are unhappy and they are flat out in rebellion. And God in His righteousness has to deal with them. But God is always looking for someone to stand in the gap in prayer. And so what happens? Moses, who was not just a friend of God. I know I've said it before, but is that amazing that God said, you know, Prophets, I speak to them in visions and dreams, but Moses, I meet with face to face. That's the relationship he had with God. But what does he do? He understood both God was holy and had to deal with the situation, but he also understood God's character. And so what did he do? Repeatedly, for years, he would, when it was necessary, go before God, fall on his face, and how would he approach God on behalf of the people who were not asking for mercy? How would he obtain mercy for them? He would remind God that God was holy and righteous. And he would reflect upon God's reputation. He would remind him that God, people see and they, they know that you said you were going to do this. So he reminded God of who he was. Not that obviously God forgot, but he understood who God was and used that, presumed upon that, and repeatedly obtained mercy for God's people. And I think that's the kind of leader God really looks for. You know, we hear all kinds of stuff about leadership and vision and blah, 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 
Reality is, what is God looking for leaders? Those that go and obtain mercy, they go before God so that God can act through them. And that's how Moses was an amazing leader. But I, I want to look at someone else. And, and this is a story that is intriguing. And you probably know the story. And here's why this is so important. And we see the entry. So God, in His righteousness, in His holiness, He has to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, He, because He is a friend of Abraham, He actually says, should I hide this from him? And God actually shows Abraham what's going to happen. Now, Abraham has a vested interest. His nephew Lot lives there. But what do we see? How does God approach, and not just for Lot, how does he approach it? What does he do? He approaches God by presuming upon his righteousness of all things. So what does he say to him? He says, yes, God, you, basically you're holy and you're righteous, but would a righteous judge wipe out everyone if there are 50 righteous there, would, would that be fair? Could you really be a righteous judge in that situation? He goes before God and he presumes upon him as a righteous judge. He used one of God's character traits as the opportunity to go before him looking for mercy. Now, he gets agreement from God that no, that wouldn't be right. And he continues on. And, and so what is he? He's persistent. And he says, what if there's only 45? He gets an agreement. What if there's 40, 30, 20? He continues to get agreement. What does Abraham do? He continually looks for mercy. And he gets God to agree that if there are only 10 there, that he would show mercy. Now, here's what's interesting. You could look at it and say, well... It got wiped out. But you know what? What did God do? He took out those that were deemed righteous, Lot and his family. So rather than sparing it, he made the effort to protect Lot and his family. But the important part for you and I is this. That boldness that Abraham had going before God and presuming upon God's character. Going back to Moses and God's people. How did he do it? He was able to be bold and he was persistent. He would beseech God for the people for ages because of their rebellion. But the point was this. They were both bold in going before God when they saw the need. And how did they do it? They presumed upon God's character. Now, you and I have it better. Why? We have needs. We know people who have needs. We have friends who have needs. And God is looking for you and I to beseech him. And what do we have? We have, we know his character. We know that he is all powerful, but we also have his promises. So ultimately, when we go to God, we, we don't just pray his promises. We don't just ask based on his promises, although we do. But shouldn't we, like Abraham and like Moses, shouldn't we go further? Shouldn't we presume upon God? and say, God, you said this. 
how can you be a holy God and not perform your word? Now that, you know, for when I was a kid growing up, boy, that sounded pretty scary. But you know what? More and more, I think God wants you and I to be bold. He wants us as his people, as his friends, to be bold and presume upon his word. Remember, God's word is not just a promise. It's his contract to you and I. Everything God says is guaranteed. Why? Because he cannot take his word back. He cannot change it. In his holiness, in his righteousness, he must perform it. Doesn't that give you and I the opportunity to presume upon him based on our need, based on his promises?